Hello and welcome to the Hunter's Hub, the video game podcast board of the Monster Hunter community. This is your host, Fortuan, uh, joined by, I'm going to mix it up this time, Ace. How you doing? Doing good. Just saw Aaron Hansen win against Jarvis Johnson in Creator Clash, so that was pretty cool. He also, with his entrance, came out uh, with Tupperware Remix Party, which is the uh, band that accompanies Brian and Dan in Ninja Sex Party. Okay. So that was pretty cool. Alright. And then the uh, streamer that beat the shit out of Matt Watson last year bad came out like a crackhead. Mm-hmm. He just came out from behind the curtain, sprinted to the ring and flipped himself up over the ropes and got his glove stuck in the rope. So big crackhead vibes there nice i guess sounds a little extreme oh yeah (laughs) everything about him is extreme he's like a he's a 42 year old goober basically fair okay uh and welcome sasha how you doing i'm all right i've had a really busy work week so i am ready to have a break from that and talk about some geeky shit with you guys mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah we're we're uh i i you're right sasha i did nerd out on this topic i was i i enjoyed it quite a bit because it's it's uh different so so the audience knows uh sasha came up with this idea of you're going into a dungeon like you're in WoW. Uh, you need a team of video game characters, but it can be from any game. Uh, you're basically sending, uh, like, assembling your all-star team of video game characters to do a, du- a dungeon in, in WoW. So you got to have your tank, your healer, and your DPS. So what would be your sort of superstar team? And um, as much as I was excited for this, it took me till Tuesday to find the last DPS. Like, tank healer, DPS 1 was very quick. I had to think a lot for DPS 2. And then DPS 3, I was like, I don't know what fits. I don't know what I'm missing or I want to put in here. So I have some honorable mentions for, for stuff in here uh, as well. So, like, I'll talk about, like, my main guy. And then I'll like I'll just uh, like uh, before I do that I'll uh, so honorable mentions are this and this for the role that I was thinking, um, uh, but ultimately and I, I only have one honorable mention for DPS period like I only like the DPS was the easily the hardest category for me for some reason it was just it was hard to wrap my brain around okay so who's gonna be dealing a lot of damage yet sort of still a team player that was also my difficulty was that i kind of wanted to eliminate people you know like Geralt of rivia like the overpowered people commander shepherd like you know obviously we could clear the dungeon with those people so i did want to pick exceptional people in their roles but not overpowered uh, I think four of my five are pretty overpowered, honestly. I mean, I think that eventually most of mine end up being overpowered too because they're from RPGs. So, I mean, like, yeah, okay. Whew. Uh, 
Let me see. Two, two of mine from RPGs. Two. The other ones are. So yeah, I've got RPG. I've got a platformer. I've got an FPS. Two FPS and a platformer. I have a Capcom. Nice. Yeah. Uh, if I even say the developers, it will give some of them away. So I won't. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so basically, uh, how do we want to do this? We're going to do the full team. We're just going to go like talk about tank one for tank for everybody. I think we probably should do like just to break it up. Just like have a, each of us talk about our tank and then healer and then go through our rounds of DPS because and then you know at the end you can talk about the whole team comp and that kind of thing because if we if we stick on like everyone doing their whole team I think someone's going to be talking for a long time with with you know yeah without without a lot of interjection because you don't want to interrupt so uh so yeah and then after that if we still have time I have a lot more to update you guys about Octopath because even the so the last time we talked I was at the end of four people's stories I've finished those stories and now I'm at the end of everyone else's stories and I will say this even the uninteresting dancer one became very interesting after chapter three I had a feeling that was coming that it was gonna be a sleeper yeah I see I kind of was worried it was gonna be the most straightforward one and it still is kind of straightforward but We'll talk about it when we get there. Okay. We'll, we'll talk okay. about it. Okay. It's it's an interesting, it's the most unique vibe of all of them. Not saying it's my favorite. It's just the most unique, I would say. Anyway, so without further ado, Sasha, I'm going to have you lead us off tonight because it was your idea. So what? So in this wonderful all-star dungeon, uh, which I, I did some, what I, what I call it on Dungeon Dream Team is what I call Love it. Love it. Love that. Uh, so that's probably going to be the episode name is Dungeon Dream Team. Uh, so in your Dungeon Dream Team, what is your tank? My tank is Erdnot Rex from Mass Effect. Okay. Yep. I understand this reference. So, I understood that one. Um, I felt like as I was doing this, not only was I thinking about the classic WoW dungeons, but I also was thinking about Mass Effect 2 and the suicide mission and how like who I really yeah. would have wanted on my team, you know? So Rex and in kind of thinking about what his wow class would be, I feel like he would be a paladin. I could see that he's very uncompromising. Like he's very, that hammer of justice. Yeah. He's got that. He's got that vibe of, he's just going to like, there is no question about what's happening. It's happening and I'm doing it. Yeah. And that, that's kind of the paladin vibe. I He also is just very much, you know, all for the good of the Krogan people. Like, he is a good guy. And you have to be good right. to be a paladin. So. Yeah. But I picked Rex. I feel like he is a big, beefy character. I've played Mass Effect through on Insanity, and I always, I, I need to have Rex in the party for that yeah uh, or you know i guess grunt if that's who your choice is but rex that's the dude mm -hmm. so yeah i don't like grunt as much 
Grunt's a bit weird. I think that um, benefits of having Rex as the tank, I mean, very obviously as you get to the end of the Mass Effect trilogy, he's leading the Krogan people, so he's a great leader. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm envisioning, like, a protection paladin, like classic WoW builds. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, or not Rex. That's that's a great one. I didn't even... I, you know, I, I'm not as attached to the series as you, but we we kind of tabled our Mass Effect talk. But I, I will say Rex is probably one of my favorite characters. And if we had been able to get the time, because, like, Bickering Bucks is on hiatus right now because Brian just doesn't have the time at all to, to do anything. So our Mass Effect discussion is also on hold because of that. Um, or not Rex, this is literally his favorite video game character, period. So he would be, like, in total agreement with you. <laughs> well, he would be tanking for his party as well. His dungeon dream team. Yep. All righty. Cool. I like that one. Uh, so, so Ace, what do you what do you have for your tank? So my tank is a bit of a goofy one. I decided mm-hmm. why not have a little fun and go with Bowser, specifically Bowser from mm. Bowser's Fury, with the ability to go into kaiju the form. The catsuit Bowser. So yeah. So okay. Giant kaiju Bowser. Um, Good for dealing with, obviously, swarms of enemies with low health and things like that. Because he could theoretically just stomp or do his giant turtle shell spin or swipe, things like that. Not necessarily good for bosses, though, because slow moving and uh, cumbersome. Uh, Unless you play him in Smash Bros. Smash Bros, he's surprisingly quick. mm -hmm. But... Mm -hmm. Not that version. And he of does a drop kick. Um, the Bowser drop kick is real. <laughs> <laughs> and then he can also do a bit of area of effect too, because he can breathe fire. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's a little bit multifaceted, while obviously being a bit low and cumbersome because of his size, especially in the kaiju form. And then, yeah, I don't know if necessarily there'd be like a health effect of reducing when he goes up to kaiju form because I feel like there needs to be some form of a drawback because you can't just have him go up to giant size and then like have four times the health. That'd be a bit well, overpowered. Like- well, if we're talking like WoW rules, he would be pulling a bunch of aggro, and then your DPS needs to be pulling the aggro back. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. And the healer keeping him alive. That's because right. That is, that is that is the role of the healers, keeping that tank alive. Yep. Everyone else is secondary. The tank is the the one that needs to stay alive. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Cool. So Bowser, I actually consider Bowser Bowser myself. But really, not my honorable mention. Yeah. Well, you got me to I, cover your butt on that one. Yeah. No, I'm glad. Um, did you guys see the Mario movie? I think you did, Sasha. Yes. You, and let me tell it? you how my child made us miss Peaches, and I'm really upset about it. 
Oh, because she. What do you mean, like the song? Yes, because she made me take her to the bathroom three times during that movie. Oh, she's like. So you missed the the peaches, 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 yes. peaches. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> oh, this is so great! And I, she also yeah. made me leave during the scene where like Donkey Kong and Mario are like doing their own little level to get to the top to crash the wedding. She also made me leave during that, and she's looking at me like, "Mom, the pee's coming out." It wasn't. She didn't even pee. She made me take her to the bathroom. She didn't even pee. Wow. Yeah. My kids, they, so they were floored by the movie. They were like, this is amazing. I I was, I was, loved it. I loved the movie. It and the D&D movie. I, we'll have to talk about this at some uh, point because both of those movies were see the freaking D&D amazing. Movie. I, I, the girls went with me to both movies and they were awesome during both, except Emery kept asking questions about the Displacer Beast in the D&D movie. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I, I can't. I yes, I did an article on the Displacer Beast. That is one of the ones I did, uh, and this is totally not how I envisioned it. So let me think of how I'm trying to we're process how here. I feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I actually, I actually like what they did. It was an interesting take on what it did. It's a less magical take than I did. Like it's very less of a magical creature take. Um, so, but yeah, that that aside. So Bowser for tank number one okay so like i said i have some honorable mention that i want to do first and i don't know if you guys played overwatch or that kind of thing but my honorable mention is reinhardt reinhardt is just you know form up on me giant shield big paladin dude with a giant shield and hammer like Mm -hmm. he's super good as a tank but that to me i felt like was the easy answer for me so I was like, I'm going to try to delve into this a little more. So my pick for the tank, uh, he does have a history of being a tank because he was in Heroes of the Storm, uh, is the Lord of Terror Diablo. Because he can take a hit. And on top of that, he has a lot of, like, obviously he's a very big imposing figure. Uh, but he's also incredibly smart. He's the smartest of the, all of the evils in Diablo. Uh, he basically sets up all these long-term plans. So he's actually really good at sort of like planning the dungeon and like getting the fight right and that kind of thing. Uh, very good at planning and organizing. Um, he himself is both immune to fire and fear effects. Because he is the, uh, in his universe, the embodiment of terror. So he cannot be scared. Uh, because he is terror. Look, you can't scare terror itself. So uh, he's also just completely immune to anything fire. Because he's Diablo. Uh, and he has his own crowd control abilities that he comes packed in with. With firewalls. He pulls up firewalls and he has a bone prison. He just summons a prison of bone. And traps you in it and these are all in-game abilities that he does uh now i did like said i had some drawbacks um so he is a demon and if things start to go south he will save himself over everyone else that is part of the issue um also incredibly evil so there's that uh and then uh if you happen to be fighting stuff he's weak to holy damage because he's a demon so 
so yeah, that was that was my pick for tank. So uh, so uh, if you had a healer in your party that was a holy priest, could they heal him? Yeah. So I, the way I thought about it is is doing holy attacks in specifically in this healer's universe and holy healing are entirely different things. Healing and holy attacks are different. Like attack and healing are different and they, and healing despite being in the realm of holy magic isn't necessarily an attack per se. Now, if this was something like dungeons and dragons, that's 100% how it would work. He'd have to heal him with negative energy, um, which would not be great. So yeah, uh, I did account for that. I did have to think about that. Cause I was like, it's going to be a problem for healing, but yeah, once I thought about it, I was like, no, because like that's not really a thing in that healer's game, per se. Like, gotcha. Holy, holy damage is a thing, but it's specifically an attack versus a heal. And there's other heals in the game that aren't holy as well. So, I would assume he can still get healed. Uh, he also can kind of heal himself too. Uh, in Heroes of the Storm, he had an ability to heal himself by eating minions. So. There's that too. And yeah, I like uh, one of the things I mentioned, he was in here's the storm as a tank. Uh, so here's the storm is the MOBA uh, of Activision blizzard stuff. Well, just blizzard uh, and Diablo was one of the very first tanks that they had. So there you go. Um, so, so the next, uh, the next one to do is the healer. So who do you have for your healer, Sasha? Well, I will say my honorable mention for my healer was mm -hmm. Wynn from Dragon Age Origins. And the okay. only reason I didn't pick Wynn is, well, one, technically Wynn is dead. Wynn is a zombie corpse who's inhabited by a spirit from the Fade. Um, but two, because oh. she's an old lady and it just didn't seem very fun um, to have her in sure. my dungeon dream team. So, but she is by far like an amazing healer. My pick is Triss Marigold from The Witcher. Okay. And I pick her because she is an exceptional healer, even in battle. And this does more draw from the lore from the books rather than what's happened in the games. But she is, is a seasoned battle healer. And she does in fight the, in battle. Yes. In the games, she's the redhead. Yes. Right? And she's my yeah. my OTP with Girl Rivia because Jennifer is trash. Yeah. In, in, in The Witcher 1, she's the first card you collect and you don't have a choice. I mean, <laughs> if I had a choice, it's still Triss Marigold. <laughs> That was the one where I was like, wait a second, what's happening now? Because I had never experienced that in a game at that point. <laughs> I okay. I just think that she is a way better person than than Yennefer. I agree. I agree. Having uh having listened to the second collection of The Witcher. <gasps> uh yeah, so you you kind of know like my why it's not true love with Yennefer and Geralt. Yeah, because uh, the wizard. Consent. Consent. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 
Tris Marigold. Um, and if I thought about what her wild class would be, I would pick Holy Priest. Mm-hmm. So. Oh gosh, I didn't think about that. I didn't say that for Diablo. I thought I was, I was thinking Death Knight for Diablo. Yeah, he one hundred percent Death Knight tank. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so Holy Priest, that's pretty good healer. Like that's a lot of times cream of the crop for healing in. Yeah. Uh, With a protection paladin, days. like guys. Yeah. We're off to a great start. Yep. <laughs> All right, so Triss Marigold, the uh, the holy healer. Yeah, and I just feel like she's really positive, and uh, you kind of need that uh, to cut the edge of Rex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I just put that together. That yeah, your team has Triss and Rex, so yeah, that'll be okay. <laughs> we're gonna get shit done, Our... and we're gonna be really warm and cuddly about it. Nice. <laughs> All right, so um, so Ace, who's healing Bowser? So I kind of head-cannoned my own idea slash mm-hmm. incorporated uh, a monster hunter weapon idea. And because I went with okay, Bowser, so... I had Jack Black on the mind. And so I decided yeah. Jack Black's character from Brutal Legend, Eddie Briggs, as the healer. And sort of doing hunting horn slash bard slash, I guess, magic magician. And does sick guitar riffs. Bard can heal. Bard can heal in D&D stuff, but hunting horn. See, I didn't want to pick a generic thing like the hunter. Like, I didn't, I try, I'm not saying you you can't, but like for my own rule, I wanted to pick, pick specific video game characters. So I won't have a hunter on here, but... I do like how you incorporated it, like mix a hunter with the what is brutal legend guy Eddie Briggs, who was played by Jack Black. Jack Black, yeah. also. So you've got a Jack Black team so far. Nice. So I I figured he could heal the team, heal the tank with uh, some sick guitar riffs, with uh, some yeah. some classic '80s jams and stuff like that. Otherwise, also doing. Uh, mm. Classico, you know, from mm-hmm. Tenacious D. Whatever, whatever floats okay. the boat. Although I could maybe. It's an. In- I like it. It's an interesting one. I like it. I, I could maybe see him getting distracted though with uh, the guitar solos as everyone else is trying to move on. But you know. Sure, he just gets so into the healing that he's like healing people after the fight's already done. Just getting it, just like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just going full out. He just out. accidentally okay. heals the other team because they're also rocking out. Yeah. Yeah. Pulls a uh, Eddie Munson and does a sick, yes. sick puppet master solo on the top of a RV. Okay. All right. So kind of goofy. All but right. I was like, I had the similar thought of I didn't want to just be like. A hunter with a hunting horn. But yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. like the idea yeah. of healing with music because, you know, that's sort of a thing to. It's a, it's a thing. 
Oh yeah, it's it's a bit. It's been a staple of Dungeons and Dragons forever. Mm-hmm. It, not not just healing, but spell casting with music. Music having this magical quality. That's the whole point of the bard. Yeah, to a to a degree. So, yeah, it's and that's in folk tales and other things outside of D and D. The bard. There's a whole game series called The Bard. Um, that's about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, pretty good. Um, okay. Uh, so my honorable mention for my honorable mention is a super goofy one. Um, and there was one I didn't pick it because I didn't feel it fit the theme of the party that well. And it would be a little ridiculous and it would also be like hard to do mid battle. And that's chef Kirby. And if you're unfamiliar with chef Kirby is he cooks enemies into delicious cakes and desserts. And then you get healed for eating the cakes and desserts. Uh, the only problem is if there's no trash mobs and stuff to do that mid fight, you're not getting healed. And then also it's kind of hard to eat a cake, uh, mid fight to get healed as well. So like it didn't, it was fun. It was a cool idea that I was kicking around, but I was like, it doesn't really, it's not as immediate or powerful as I would want it to be per se. Cause you can't get tomatoes out of it. You only ever get cakes. So and you can't do it to a boss. I it's just unfair. We'll be right back. Sure. Uh, so my actual pick uh, is is uh, kind of biased to what I've been playing recently, and it's uh, Temenos, which is the investigator from uh, the the Holy Cleric slash investigator from Octopath Two that I've been playing. Um, and like I said, uh, because the way that healing works in his game. Uh, it being a holy healing isn't necessarily holy damage. So I don't think it would really hurt Diablo uh, to a degree. Um, Even though he could, because he does have offensive holy skills. Uh, One of the reasons why I picked him is he's also got a very detective oriented mind uh, as well as Diablo. So they could very, very much put their heads together to figure out a lot of problems. Um, very good problem solver. He's also extremely strong-willed and probably wouldn't be bullied around by Diablo. Probably would put him, put him in his place, per to, uh, so to say, uh, uh, speaking-wise. Um, and he's extremely skilled in magic and healing. And, and I say extremely skilled as in he does more damage as a spellcaster than the spellcasting default class character Oswald in the game. Um, when he is subclass to be a scholar along with a priest. So like in the game, in my version of the game, Temenos is a scholar, is a priest scholar or, or a, a, sorry, cleric scholar. And then Oswald is the, literally the other way around. He is a scholar cleric and Temenos has better damage. Like straight up, his stats are just better. Um, and he's got better healing. So like his damage in that also equips equips to uh, healing damage as well. So like, it's just he's just a really skilled and really intelligent individual for what he does. Um, and with his amazing detective ability, not you know they're not super amazing, but you know. At least he's a thinking person. He's not just there for the ride. He can 
you know, suss out any problems. Uh, and then also wouldn't be bullied by Diablo because he'll try to keep him in his place. So what class do you think? Oh, he's 100% a, a holy priest as well. Holy like priest. there's, there's, there's no doubt around that. It's the cleric priest are basically equivalent, uh, between the game and, and, and between the games. And, uh, he's definitely holy. He's definitely part of the church. He's his whole story arc is about faith and that kind of stuff. Even though his tagline is doubt is what I do, which I love that for a cleric's tagline, like his, his state, you know, his statement doubt is what I do. So yeah. So that's, uh, coming back Ace. It was Temidos from Octopath two that I've been talking about recently. So um, so yeah, so that is the healer. So now we have moved on to the three DPS. Um, I suppose there's not really any order to them. So we're just going to go still the round Robin. I don't really have an order, but they do have strength and stuff that matter. So, um, so Sasha, what is your first DPS? Um, so one of the other reasons that win was a wild card choice for me is because I didn't want to stack my party with Dragon Age people because my first DPS is Anders from mm. um, Awakening DLC from Origins and Dragon Age 2. Yes. He is I'm familiar with Anders. A kick-ass mage. He's one of the few mage party members that doesn't go down um when you use him as a healer or as a support class. But what you learn is that he is possessed by a fade demon. And uh, I'm envisioning like a chaos mage and thinking about wow classes. Like I feel like he would be the one doing some crowd control in addition to some DPS. So um, Mm -hmm. lightning spells, polymorph, um, and then mm-hmm. if needed, some heal support, but I think Tris has it down in our party. Sure. I mean, it never hurts to have a DPS that can back up heal. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Especially so, if they can heal themselves and correct. not have to, you know, split the, split the, uh, healer's focus. Yeah. So, Okay, he's got Anders. he's got a great sense of humor too. So I feel like you know it'd he just does. be fun to have him in the party. I'm pretty sure he was one of the people that I played with a lot in Dragon Age Two. Pretty sure it's been a long time, but I'm pretty sure he was. Oh, that's my love interest in Dragon Age Two. I think it was most of the time I had the elf and him. I fully support Andrews's terrorism. <laughs> yeah i mean well yeah it was a pretty it's terrorism it's what it is it's called yeah. what it is That's he destroyed fair. the mage tower uh, with magic yeah it's terrorism uh so so yeah dragon age series anders yes uh so so uh so did you have a third jack black ace third jack black Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> Here, let me just pull up his IMDb. <laughs> uh, no. So what's uh, what's your first DPS? My first DPS is Isaac Clark. 
from Dead Space. I pegged it. I, I knew. I did too. I told. I told. I told Cece Isaac is gonna show up. I know he is. I don't know where, but he's gonna show up. Yep. I mean, he's. I wouldn't say he would technically qualify as a healer, because he only really no. heals himself, and then he's not really a tank because he doesn't have those defensive things. He's more of obviously a striker. He had. He has taken a needle to the eye. Yeah, but that's just him. That's pretty. And that was <laughs> that was laying down too in a in a tube. But no, yeah, he's a he's a striker. He's an engineering striker. He's got a mm-hmm. whole arsenal of weapons that he can switch between, all with varied varied functionalities, and they all have um. A, well, technically, they all have a second mode with the plasma cutter. It just goes from vertical to horizontal. Um. Right. I mean, but but still, it does it does damage. It does a lot of damage. Yeah. And I mean, he's there's the pulse rifle, which is basically the machine gun. You can uh, also area of effect with that with the secondary alt fire where you put it upright and it just sprays fire around. Uh, yeah. If you're sticking with just the first game, you've also got the line gun, which also has a bit of an AOE with it being a lar- fairly large line. And then the alt fire is mm-hmm. a grenade. Uh, there's the force gun, which is basically just sending like a pulse of energy out that knocks shit back. There's the contact beam, which is a late, basically a high powered laser. And then if you get yeah. into like the second so game, to- there's like the javelin gun, which you can use to pin enemies to the wall and stuff like that. So, there's a whole bunch, and then he's also got abilities with kinesis, so he could pick up the bodies of dead enemies and roll them back at the alive ones. And then he's got stasis, mm-hmm. so he can slow down enemies with an AoE effect, so he's a versatile DPS dealer. Crowd control DPS. Only drawback That's is that good. He's, he's got a bit of psychosis, so he might be hallucinating in the middle of battle and shooting at things that aren't there. Or just lamenting over Nicole in the middle of battle when it's most inconvenient. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Um, So Isaac uh, from Dead Space. Mm -hmm. DPS. Uh, So I just have the one honorable mention for DPS. And I just feel like he just didn't offer more than crowd control. He didn't offer a lot of damage, uh, which was Abe from Oddworld. And Abe from Oddworld literally possesses enemies and makes them shoot and kill each other and that kind of stuff. So he literally just takes over an enemy, uh, which I assume, given normal WoW rules and that kind of stuff, you can't do that to a boss. And if it's a solo fight with a boss, he's entirely useless. Uh, Also, he's entirely fragile. He dies in one hit. There's like no health in the classic games. Um, So I kind of scrapped that idea. So I went with one of my favorites uh, and I, for the DPS and I went with the doom slayer. He's an absolute unstoppable force. Um, He's going to keep Diablo in check because there's no chance that any demon that's gone against up, gone up against uh, doom slayer or, well, anything uh, has died and died brutally. So 
Um, he also has a very huge arsenal and very good at improvisation uh, in his arsenal as well. So, like you were saying with Isaac, you've got the laser guns and that kind of stuff. You've got your standard firearms like pistols. And he's got shotguns, except his shotgun that he loves is his double barrel with a meat hook is what they call. It's a grappling hook that shoots into enemies and pulls him to the enemy so that he can closer and shotgun them. Uh, he's got the plasma rifle and the BFG, which are classic just destroying weapons. The BFG 9000 is a weapon <laughs> that they have to limit the use of in the game because it literally kills everything in the room. Uh, it has, uh, so the old game, how it works is this giant green ball of energy that lands and then it has an after effect of tracers of it like basically explodes and the energy hits 40 other targets that are in sight from the ball. Uh, and granted, it's not like a super auto kill, like uh, higher tier boss enemies in that game. Like a cyber demon can take two full shots of it. Uh, if you don't do it perfectly, there's a, there's a tactic in which if you get him hit with, uh, you hit him with the ball and all 40 tracer tracers twice. He'll die. The cyber demon will die, but that takes a lot of skill to pull off. Um, usually it takes about four shots. Um, anyways, got a huge arsenal. He's got iconic, really good weaponry. He's just unstoppable. Also pretty much immune to fair himself, uh, because he's gone up against the worst of the worst and come out on top and unflinching. Um, his drawbacks though, is, uh, he's not really good at taking orders. Um, so he's probably not the best team player, but I feel he fits in this team pretty well. Um, considering he's really good at keeping Diablo <laughs> check. <laughs> uh, the only problem is if there is a fight that breaks out, the tank might die. He just might. Cause they can't stop. Once the doom slayer decides to kill Diablo, it's, pretty much going to happen. Like, I don't I don't know if what force can stop him from it. Because uh, he has, in his own storyline, killed the devil. The devil. Like... Oops. Which was supposed to be unkillable. <laughs> was supposed to be immortal. And he unimmortal Unimmortaled <laughs> him. <laughs> I'm envisioning the BFG as a trinket that has like three charges and a 12 hour cooldown. Probably like it could, it could work that way. Um, if he was, uh, so the, the cool thing is he's actually got a lot of options at both close and long range. So he's a really great DPS, but the problem is he's all force. Like he's not a lot of defensive stuff. Uh, he makes up for that in, in a speed, per se, but you're still going to get hit with, with things. Uh, he's got agility. He's super fast. Like he's, he can run super fast. Uh, so yeah. So, uh, that's him. But like I said, his drawbacks are, he doesn't have a lot of defensive options and he's not really great at taking orders. So there might be some uptake on getting the team cohesion there. Um, and yeah, so as a, as a wow character, this one's kind of hard to place because I, I'd almost want to put him as a marksman hunter. Yeah, um, I think so. You just don't have like a little buddy. I, you know what? You could just have Abe 
as your little your your little if familiar. if he's gonna have a <laughs> if he's gonna have a buddy, it's gonna be Vega. So Vega is this AI that that helps him out. Um, so Vega, uh, it's it's weird. He's like. He's basically your guide throughout the whole thing. He kind of like radio talks to you like, you know, some other modern FPS games. Uh, but Vega does have like a sort of like little robot thing that flies around with him, like a little drone. Well, then um, there you go. You're he's a marksman hunter. Yeah. And but Vega does not do any fighting, but he's good at um, directing the Doom Slayer if he needs to be directed. <laughs> That's how you keep him uh, in point- line. Yeah, point the uh, unkillable death machine this way. <laughs> um, so yeah, when I talked about some people being OP, I, I yeah, he's he's pretty OP, the Doom Slayer, even in his own universe. So uh, yeah, so that's uh, my first DPS. So second DPS, Sasha. My second is uh, Lilith from Borderlands, the Siren class. Oh. And yeah, my I'm, brain's still in Diablo, so I was like, Lilith. I okay. knew I knew you were going to think <laughs> yeah. that, so I, I just want to clarify. Uh, the Siren, yeah. uh, who has Phase Walk as the ability. So I'm envisioning yes. this as a subterfuge rogue class. Oh, okay. Um, but specific to Lilith, because um, this is my class that I play as if I play Borderlands... She is excellent with elemental damage. So, like, as she phase walks, like, everywhere she goes, the path leaves a trail of elemental damage along the way. Um, So Mm. it's really nice for taking out big uh, groups of enemies, destroying barrels and that type of thing without getting caught and then coming back through. And she does pretty high DPS as well once she is actually fighting. Um Mm -hmm. so uh this one i think would be more for the dots and uh high dps for my party and Mm -hmm. i also think lilith would just fit in really well with this general vibe of my party lilith and anders would get along great and i think lilith and tris would get along great and i think lilith and rex would get along great because rex is a lot like brick Mm -hmm. it's true Mm-hmm. I think Rex is smarter. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Yes, but. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Borderlands 1, Lilith. Yep. Which, she does pop up again in 3, doesn't she? I haven't played 3. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think she she actually gives you some story things to do in 3. I think. It's been a while. I, I played 3 a while ago. Okay. I skipped 2. I never played 2. I played too. Yep. Okay, so uh, Lilith. So uh, DPS number two, Ace. So I forgot my number two just now in a brain fart. So mm-hmm. I'll go to my number three, which is Kratos. From God of War. Chauncey was suggesting Kratos, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's pretty good at dealing with most types of enemies. He's got a bit of AOE both with the the axe and his rage mode as well. So he's a pretty versatile fighter. Yeah. 
And I mean, the Blades of Chaos. Don't forget too. about the Blades of... Yeah, the Blades of Chaos are ultimate AoE. Just a tornado of blades around him. So, yeah. And I mean, I think the series, the series at large has proven that he's pretty adept at killing any and all things with uh, reckless abandon at times, so specifically gods yes yeah. <laughs> he's very good at that and other large mythological creatures so yeah i mean pretty good i mean he could technically i guess qualify as a tank but i was like eh, he's not in he doesn't have a very large pool of health technically i would say mm -hmm. so and he's not big on defense especially in the more no. recent games, it's more just rolling, rolling, punching, no, slicing, yeah. and dicing. That's true. Um, I played him very tanky in Ragnarok, but that's just how I played. Mm. So, because I was not good at deflecting slash rolling out of damn danger all the time, so made him super tanky. But yeah, it's a play style thing. Now I remembered it. I knew it'd come back. I got it. Good. Now it's my number uh, three. We'll, we'll <laughs> yep. So Kratos, which a good pick. I, I like Kratos. That, that'd be a good one. So, um, so my next one, and I'm going to lead off by saying the class, uh, that it, cause I was thinking about this while you were talking about stuff. I think this actually would, would come in as a pyromancer mage, despite it being feeling similar to doom slayer. And it's Samus Aran, from the Metroid series. Huh? Uh, and the, and the reason why is she is a beast of an artillery. Like if you leave her alone and let her charge up beams in the background, it's the same thing with the pyromancer in, in wow, you are taking a lot of damage and a lot of damage quickly. You are, you're essentially letting a mortar cannon shoot at you the whole time. Well, I mean, also um, if you do like the alt form, Samus from the end of Dread. You've just got a death beam just firing at yes, all cylinders. Yeah. So, I mean, depending on how far yes. and how carried away you want to get with it, can be already versatile to just overpowered wiping the board with everything right away. Yeah, so so she is um, she's agile, but she's not super fast. So she's actually kind of a slow fighter, but um, she does have a, a another great arsenal of attacks. Uh, and so just not just the charge beams and that kind of stuff, but homing missiles, ice missiles, all sorts of just crazy amounts of like long range artillery that she can just blast away. So if you're, you know, you need like elemental damage, she can actually cover most of that too mm -hmm. with the various kinds of missiles. Um, she actually has the ability to heal herself in certain modes with like the phase on suits and that kind of stuff. She has the gravity suit where she can jump higher. She can actually work underwater really well because of the gravity suit, like all sorts of crazy stuff that she can do. The big thing with her drawback um, is that she can be hit hard enough to render her suit useless. Mm -hmm. Um, the drawback makes her put in a weaker state, although she's still a very formidable fighter, not in her suit. Um, it's just not as 
artillery focused. She would have to get up close and would have no more defense once the suit's gone. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's her big drawback is, is if she gets too much damage, she's just out, uh, and out before like, like if one big hit could take away the suit. It doesn't, it doesn't take a, like a lot of repeated hits. It's just one big mistake can take it all back. So yeah. So Samus from Metroid. I needed. I felt like I needed to have a more of a long range character, so that's why I thought of her. And it took me a bit to think of what WoW class that would be, without it being another hunt, hunts like marksman. Marksman hunter. hunter. No, I, I like it. I think it works, and I, I think you might not even have the problem of the suit getting damaged. Just thinking that if the attacks are timed properly and you're not pulling too much aggro. Yeah, you could just inconspicuously sit in the back and cherry pick. Yep, I mean that's what mages are supposed to do, anyways. But supposed to they do. Get a little, they get a little. I mean, having been a pyromancer mage in the days that you were playing, Sasha. Yeah, I got carried away and I took aggro. It, it happened. There's pyromancer balls. Like you just you can't help it. It's like it's free. Why wouldn't I do it? Because it's too much damage. Mm. You're saying that, but I don't think I understand that word. <laughs> Too much damage. <laughs> um, so our uh, our final DPS to round out the team. This is my Capcom one. Okay. And I feel like I feel like he fits the general personality, the vibe, and it's Frank West, photojournalist. From Dead Rising. Okay. And uh, I think if you include the crafting aspect that they add into Dead Rising 2, which he's the off-the-record version of the game, um, man, he is going to be like a great two-handed warrior berserker with like traps he can set. Like, oh, man, it's just going to be great. I feel like it's a warrior who has engineering as his... Uh, his profession. Mm -hmm. And I just think he would, uh, he'd be great. He's already great at taking out full, huge hordes of zombies all by himself and escorting groups of people to their safety. It's like he's made for world of Warcraft. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So Frank West. Uh, I didn't play two that much. I only played the first one. So it's all right. I'm not as familiar with him. Two is okay. People complained about the protagonist, so they released the game again, but with Frank. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and he's good. Gary did improvisation. That's for sure. Using anything and everything to fight with. So I like that about it. He's also got a good sense of humor and not afraid to get his hands dirty. Just think some of those sure. dungeons and wow are pretty nasty. True. 
Okay. Um, so the uh, DPS, the final DPS for you, uh, Ace. So I decided that uh, Cal Kestis would be a good mm. DPS striker for uh, the having a Jedi team. is a pretty good, <laughs> pretty good. Well, a Jedi that can switch between a single blade and a double bladed lightsaber, too. Mm -hmm. So it can go from quick, quick one v one to crowd control with the double sided lightsaber. And then right. got several mm. force abilities too, so pretty versatile. And then he's oh, got uh, BD one too. That's coming so he out can this month. Have a BD one analyze threats before they enter the room, so no one's running in like Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, that's good reference there. <laughs> what from like early two so... thousands or whatever. Mid two thousands. I mean, it's specifically a WoW dungeon reference. Yeah, it's, yeah, specifically from WoW. So yeah. Uh, okay, Cal Estes, that's coming out like f next Friday, isn't it? It's soon. It? Huh? Yeah, it's April. It's sometime in April that that game is coming out. Let's see the the next entry for Cal Estes. Kestis. For listeners, yeah. Castus, sorry. You better be sorry. Uh, da, 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 da. So, Sur Jedi Survivor. Yeah. No, not Hogwarts Legacy. Fuck that. <laughs> Four twenty-eight. Man, I keeps coming. Yeah. So, goodness, what is? I don't even know what today's date is. It's the fifteenth. So, about two weeks. Thirteen days from today. So, yeah, two weeks from yesterday. So not next week, but the week after. There you go. Yep. So, Cal Kestis, the the lone Jedi survivor of Order sixty six. Again, how many Jedi survives Order sixty six of the story? The story. It's a lot. Well, <laughs> it's I mean, a lot more than I expected. I mean, yeah. A lot of people complain about that, and it's like, well, they said there are around ten thousand Jedi at the time of the yeah of the order, and you have to figure that you know not all of them were directly in battle or in scenarios around clone troopers to be killed off like that. Plus, right. some were obviously Padawans who had masters that were able to get them out. I mean, uh, Kanan Jarrus was one. We see him in uh, mm -hmm. Bad Batch season one. Right. I mean, just a there's a lot of things set in that time period where they're like, all the Jedi died, and then they're just like, nope, this one's still alive. Nope, this one's still alive. Nope, this one's still alive. I mean, I get that they didn't get everybody, mm -hmm. but like they keep saying they did, and then someone else keeps popping up every time. It's just a bit weird. Yeah. Is all. Um, we'll be right back again. Okay. Sure. Um, so I do have another honorable mention that I thought of while I was thinking, thinking of stuff. And the reason why I didn't even include him, I did consider him before, 
uh, is because that he's anything he does, Doom Slayer just does better mm-hmm. in the same genre, and that's Turok. Uh, Turok is just a great dinosaur hunter, but he's more fragile and has a worse arsenal than Doom Guy, so it just wasn't wasn't worth it at that point. Once I had Doom Guy on the team, um, so this net this last one up for me, uh, I wanted to. I wanted to sort of have that sort of melee DPS uh, in there. Uh, and the, and I was trying to think, how does that work with Diablo, who's sort of like, I don't know, doing a lot of crowd control, doesn't really care if he hits his teammate with it or not, probably. Uh, so someone had to be extremely fast and agile, get in and get out DPS. So... I took a long time to figure this out and I was actually talking to my brother about it quite a bit. And we were trying to figure out like what could be the last one. And of course I wasn't going to take any of Chauncey's ideas because I didn't want to not not that he has bad ideas. No, he, he did. He has good ones, but I didn't want to, he came up with his own list as we were talking about it. And I didn't want to take anything from his list. And then we were pulling out of uh, the driveway. Cause I, I, he doesn't have a car right now because we just didn't have enough, cars after the company stuff we got rid of a bunch of cars um so i was taking him somewhere and a song came on on my mix and i totally forgot about this game and i was like nope that's it that's the answer this is perfect ghost runner uh which is a first person sword it's not really a shooter uh but he's extremely fast um he does incredible amounts of parkour and on top of being extremely fast, he has a dash that leaves like a ghost image behind of where he dashed from. And then he just sort of appears. He's just like that fast uh, of a character. And his whole game is about like, uh, is, oh, what's that game with the parkour and it has the hair, the black haired lady? Mirror's, Mirror's Edge. Edge. Yeah. It's like Mirror's Edge if she was faster and had a sword. So, really fast guy. Uh, he's a cyborg, so able to go that fast and that kind of thing. Um, he would be really good at sort of stepping in, doing a bunch of hits with a sword and stepping out uh, uh, to hit sort of like whatever's attacking Diablo and get out. Sort of like pull the super kill. Um, he'd probably be good with bosses. He's probably good. Oh, that's something I forgot to mention with Samus. Samus is really good at boss fights and really good at hitting target points. This guy would also be really good at being agile enough to get around to other spots and distracting and doing all sorts of stuff. Like his speed is very, very much his bonus. Um, and I have down his notes, his, in his game, his sword kills anything in one hit. Um, I don't think that would probably be the case in the dungeon because that's not how WoW works. But it could be a very high cooldown, very high damage attacks that he can sort of like dash in, do a bunch of basically like a DPS dump and get out. And then that kind of thing. Um, Problem is he's a bit fragile, right? So like he can't take a lot of damage. But again, that's another just normal thing of DPS. Uh, He's also a cyborg and potentially hackable. 
Uh, now, there is a story beat where he is being controlled by the person who created him, uh, which he actually, through his own willpower and own, like, things, actually escaped that control. But that is still a weakness of him being a cyborg, is he could lose the ability to work uh, if he was hacked. I think your class is combat rogue. I was thinking assassination rogue, but combat rogue could work too. Yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking you're definitely a rogue class, like building up the combo points, moving in quick, and then coming back, hitting them hard with the big mm-hmm. sword damage. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's all because I have a lot of his songs. Like, uh, my ringtone is one of the Ghost Runner songs called uh, Infiltrator. Um, it's just really great music. It's some of my favorite video game music. And I don't have remixes of it. It is the, o- the o- OSTs. Like, really good stuff. I've talked about him before. Uh, the guy who does it is named Daniel Deluxe, which I think is a wonderful stage name. Um, and uh yeah i just like i heard the song come up on on my mix and i was like nope that's it that's the final dps that's that's it right there eureka um i also have parkour extremist he does some crazy parkour stuff so he could really get to uh really get to some weak points of bosses if he needed to needed to like there's stuff where you're like jumping off of falling billboards and stones and stuff like hop up like straight up it feels like anime stuff in the game so it's uh yeah i just needed someone to pair with that brute strength and sort of get in do a bunch of damage and get out uh because you know there's gonna be a firewall there soon (laughs) so uh so real quick uh ace that was uh my last one was ghost runner from the ghost runner game uh supposed to be a series i think there's a ghost runner 2 coming out this year um, I haven't seen anything else on it, but I know that it's supposed to be releasing or it did. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the whole team. So how do you guys feel like, I, I guess each other's teams, like uh, Sasha, you, you very much have your wheelhouse of games for sure. Like your, uh, uh, it's my brand. I don't know how to, Yes, your, your your brand of games. I mean, we all have stuff from our favorites. That was that was going to be for sure. But you have a lot in your genre of stuff. I would say the outlier is is probably the the uh, Dead Rising guy. He's really not though. Like, I mean, personality wise, he's not for sure. Yeah, personality wise, he fits in really well. Um. I think it's just the only like outlier of a game, but even then, those are still once he gets like, I want to say the Xbox One one, so X- Dead Rising Three, they start to get a little RPG like, it's a yeah, build your character based on how you play the game, but a little a little less survival RPG. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I think I think my party uh. Like I would, I would play this game or read this comic or whatever. Watch this. I'd watch this. <laughs> I uh, 
I like uh, Ace's team. So we've got we've got Bowser. We've got uh, what was the uh, brutal legend guy? We've got Isaac. We've got um, and what was the other two? Kratos. Kratos. Yeah. And Calcastus. Yeah, Calcastus. Yeah, that's that's a very mixed team from very different games, very different genres. Mm -hmm. Like that one. That has some that has some weird cohesion. Like I don't know how they would work as a team. Like Bowser would be like off like doing his kind of own thing, I almost feel like. Yeah. And I could see I could see Isaac and Cal teaming up pretty well to, to sort of help each other out. Um and the brutal legend guy just healing everybody off in the background. He's just doing his doot doot in the corner, mm -hmm. healing like uh old-fashioned hunting horn uh, who didn't like to participate in the fight. Um, yeah, yeah, the outlier for me is Kratos, and I feel like Kratos just goes beast mode on everybody and just sort of, when he needs heals, back up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's a I game mean, that you've heard of, but um, it's called Death Spank, and I think it is by yes. Tim Schafer who does... Um, or if it's not by Tim Schafer, it's by like the same company, but it's along the lines of comedy wise, Song of like Justice. Monkey Island. But yeah, Death Spank would fit your party and you get rid of Kratos and you put in Death Spank instead. And now you've got like the brutal legend guy playing music to like keep your keep your psychotic guy uh isaac under control and like bring him back to reality and then like pump everybody up and get him going and yeah i, I i'm not gonna lie though kratos is a, is a force to be reckoned with though so like well, yeah, i wouldn't i feel like he could just do it himself he doesn't need a dungeon party <laughs> true well he needs he at least needs a healer to heal him and yeah. Keep him going while he's rage mode I mean, through I everything. I haven't played any God of War games, but like isn't the whole point that he kills all the gods? Doesn't mean he's like, invincible. In the first three. In the first three for sure. Yeah, like in the first lot the the, the the climax of number three is you killing Zeus. So yeah. Daddy issues. Which is your own father. Yeah, a lot of daddy issues on, on on that team, except for Bowser. He's got like, oh, he is weird, the daddy like issue trying to with, find a with all the children. He kind of he is because he only has one child canonically. The Koopalings are not his kids; adoptive kids. <laughs> they're uh, they're relatives, but I don't think they're kids. <clears throat> I think they're cousins of Bowser Junior. I think they're nephews and nieces. Mm -hmm. I think canonically. Yeah, um, I, I still like it. Um, so my team, I actually kind of had a bit of a theme of like this heaven and hell thing with Diablo and Doom Slayer and that kind of thing. Right. Ghost Runner and Samus don't really fit that thing, that, that, that theme too well. Um, but on the same flip side, Samus, Doom Slayer and Ghost Runner sci-fi, uh, sci-fi stuff because like doom is is heaven and hell mixed with sci-fi space 
So, uh, and then really the only like classical like RPG thing is Temenos. So he's kind of like a, the odd one out in comparison to everything else. But I think he would work fine because he's a very independent character in any ways. Um, yeah, it just I ended up having quite a quite a mixed bag. But you know, with the whole heaven and hell thing going on because of Diablo. And I was like, a lot of it was me trying to figure out how to handle Diablo being the tank. So like I had Temenos being the healer that could keep him in check. Doom Slayer, the heal, you know, could keep him in check. The only one that really isn't caring about, uh, Diablo is Samus and, uh, ghost runner is there to work with Diablo and doing, you know, getting in, doing much damage, getting out. But so, yeah, so, there's our uh, our dungeon dream teams. Um, I actually I had a lot of fun coming up with this stuff. Um, it was a cool idea. Um, unfortunately, we're going to go to a not as cool idea next week. Uh, we're going to be doing the uh, the next part of the uh, Sasha describes monsters to to Ace, um, which I like doing. I think it's fun. It's definitely fun for me as the person facilitating it and seeing Ace be like what the crap is she talking about? Uh, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, uh, this was, I was quite a, I, I liked the villain idea too. Uh, Ace. the problem was that I don't focus on villains. A lot of the times so it was mm -hmm. really difficult for me to come up with stuff with that. Uh, but we did, we did give your answers on, on that show. I don't know if you listened or not, but, uh, I tried to, I think I might've just pulled up my, podcast too early oh mm. um i i'll have to re-listen to it um i started it before bed mm. and must have fallen asleep then, before i got too far through it yeah speaking about podcasts since i moved in i have not listened to any of horror virgin or romancing the pod i am like well over a month behind on those shows like well this is the and i was up to date flawlessly for like two or three years on those shows mm -hmm. and you know, reminds me of the pot even that old i was from the beginning up to date on that one and i am just i have not been listening to stuff like i have just not and i am i know that it's been several weeks that i did not listen because uh, I I actually caught up almost with a different uh, with the uh, the Recotopia, which is the new Sincast one. Mm -hmm. uh, I caught up on that, and I had to listen to I think it was four or five episodes to catch up on that one. Okay. So I am really behind on my podcast listening because I have been playing too much. Because <laughs> like. I've been playing games that require attention and, and listening instead of listening to something else. Right. Um, speaking of which I have some updates on the crazy stories that I was talking about last time. So uh, I'm going to try to get through these quickly because it is mostly just me talking on these, but so I mentioned Temenos being the cleric and there was a corrupt church thing going on. Um, turns out that the, Basically, the head of the Sanctum Knights, who the Sanctum Knights are the the sort of like paladins of the uh, the order that he's in. Um, 
the absolute head of the Sanctum Knights is the child of a surviving group of people that were massacred um, by some other people that have nothing to do uh, with with the religion other than that, that they were part of that religion. They're not like act like they were just a group of people that happened to be in that religion. They weren't acting on part of the religion. Mm-hmm. Um, so because she hated them so much, she became a sanctum knight, became the head of the sanctum knights, and then tried to destroy it from the inside. And then Temenus sort of sniffs her out and you have a final battle with her. So like that was all about corruption from the start. Um, she ends up killing like Temenus is like, only friend in the story at that point uh crick who was a sanctum knight who was also sort of helping you investigate he keeps getting reassigned and reassigned every time he runs into temenos and they're like we tried to give you a hint you're not working with him so they just killed him like the sanctum knights killed their own guy um so it was a bit of a eventually became more of a murder mystery and that kind of stuff uh have you seen glass onion yet yeah, either it's a treat. He he feels like Daniel Craig at the end. He feels like where he has that tirade where he was like, "No, it's just stupid." Like, <laughs> like, like it's not. Yeah, you know, like he just like has that like he's just so angry. Yeah. Like it kind of feels like that at the end. He's like, "Really? This was all about revenge?" Like, like you know, like how stupid. Like, like he was. You actually see Temenos get mad uh, at the end, and it really reminded me of that moment in Glass Onion. I was like, it's not as comedic, but it's a you know righteous rage he has. Um, so the next Oswald the Scholar, you know, his kid was. Uh, did I did I mention that she was brainwashed by the bad guy last time? So his kid didn't die in the fire. Yes. Yes. You did. Bad guy brainwashes kid to thinking that bad guy is kid's father. Yes, you Remaces, did. Erases. So that one kind of ends with you sort of killing the bad guy and then not being able to reconnect with your daughter because there's no way to get those memories back. And she thinks that you just killed her dad. No, she realizes what he had been doing because he tries to convert. Like the final battle is her, him trying to, to use her blood and kill her to use the true magic or whatever. And he ends up achieving like this high level magic, but then your character achieves the quote unquote true source of magic by trying to protect her. So it ended up being just a sheer force of willpower to discover the source of magic. It was willpower and a little bit of cheesy at the end, but you do end up, uh, he does unlock the crazy ability to do this true magic at the end. So now, even though Temenos is a better all-around spellcaster, Oswald has this awesome spell that hits four times and breaks shields and all sorts of stuff. So like, does all the game mechanics for a bunch of mana. But mm-hmm. um, so he had a great. It was actually a very good uh, ending. It was the ending was a little more straightforward than the stuff before it, uh, which wasn't that bad. Throne. Uh, so you figure out that your adopted father, who was father, wasn't really your father, even though he tried to raise you as his own kid. 
Um, your real father is also a pseudo god that is the head of the, the thieving guild. Okay. That is literally the father of everyone in the Black Snakes. Literally everyone in the guild is a child of his. And he created this organization to kill himself. Okay. Because he was tired of living, but he didn't like it was weird. He can't kill himself. He had someone has to kill him. Someone has to best him is the the sort of deal. So he he goes around and has children with hundreds of women and has all these children to raise them as thieves and assassins to try to kill him. It's like the opposite of Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2. Yes. <laughs> kind of, yes. Uh, it was very weird and interesting. And then she was just like, I don't even... Like, at the end of the story, she's just like, I can't even process what just happened. But you do kill him. And then you're free, quote-unquote. But, like, but then, like, you kill him. Do you have to take a spot now? Like... Is there nope. like a reason he wanted to be? The whole guild was entirely created to kill him and no one has gotten that far. Like there's only been four other people that got to that level to actually face him. And then he killed the four of them. And then Throne is the first one to succeed in killing him. Thus, the whole purpose of the Black Snakes is done. The whole purpose of the Black Snakes was to kill him. But like, what was the purpose of his dad? Like, did he have some special role or he just was immortal? He was just immortal. Like, he wasn't even, like, super awesome. Like, he was he, well, he was immortal and he was, like, powerful, but, like, he wasn't, like... I, it was weird. They did not explain it too well. It was, like, one of those, like, villain speeches literally at the end. It's like, I created you all to kill me because I'm tired of living in your filth of the world and yada yada. And it's just, like... Okay. Melodrama. Cool. I mean, I, I think... Well, dang, bro, you could have just it, asked. Like, you didn't have to go through this, this whole thing. Yeah, it it's a bit weird. Um, So, I talked about Ochet because I had finished Ochet's. You know, the other thing that you didn't pick became the bad guy and you had to kill it. Um, I did finish that story. Uh, it literally is. You just... You put it down. She doesn't feel good about it. She very much hates that she had to put down the other friend uh per se that could have been um but she goes on sort of like you know what um i'm gonna make sure this doesn't happen again and we're gonna try to be better and we're gonna try to work with the humans so they treat the land better and that kind of stuff and she goes off on another adventure and just all good and happy um those are the ones i finished now i'm at the final chapter for all the other ones so castie this is the apothecary that lost her memory and she was part of some sort of cult. So you didn't really know what was going on. Um, it wasn't a cult. It was just a group of apothecaries that was just trying to help people. And you lost your memories because one of your members couldn't take the fact that he couldn't save a patient and snaps and decides that the only way to help everybody is kill them all. So he creates this poison rain by burning some sort of weird chemical substance 
and it goes up into the atmosphere and rains and it literally just kills everyone in the town. You barely manage to escape. You get some of the poison, you get some antidote that slows it down, but that's what erased your memory. And this whole time there's this um, woman who's been talking to you that was part of the past the like that was part of the apothecary. So you're like, well, how did she survive? She's the one that got you on the boat and got you off the Island. Like, did she just survive the rain? Turns out she's not been there the whole time. They've totally Tyler Durden her. She's just uh, a fragment of the memory. She never interacts with any of the other characters I noticed. And they kind of show that in a couple little flashbacks. So she's just like, no, I was, I, that's why I could never answer questions that you didn't know because I don't know. I'm just you. I'm just a memory of your friend and that friend that did push you and do that kind of stuff. So like it was actually a very interesting and and poignant part, but now she has to, the, the last chapter is going and stopping this guy who snapped from releasing this purple rain on um, literally the biggest gathering of people ever in the world. And she's off to stop him. And that's like the final confrontation. Um, uh, Hikari, the warrior turned out to be very interesting. Um, I'm just now at the end of it. He was the last one I got to the final chapter. He's the one that he has, his older brother took over the throne after this bloodthirsty King who was trying to expand the realm. And he was a, but he was like weak willed or whatever, but because his older brother thinks that, well, basically he's like, no, we're done taking over things. We're done. We should build friends and alliances and become, you know, we should focus on our people and bring them up and that kind of thing. He's just trying to be a benevolent King and he gets overthrown and, uh, uh, cast out uh, of the kingdom and they sort of frame him for a bunch of murders and stuff. So he's on the outside trying to gather allies is where the story starts. So you gather some allies. Uh, you had to f- like one of your allies is like this tactician. that was part of your uh, kingdom that got thrown out too. He makes you fight in a gladiatorial ring. Um, and you're like, because you're behind on gambling debts. Like, what is going on? And uh, it turns out that the the people in the gladiatory ring were kind of like indentured fighters and were nearly slaves to the betting and that kind of stuff. And the tactician's uh, idea was to free the people all along, uh, but he just didn't make the plans clear because if anyone knew the plans, they could fall apart. So you basically bust a bunch of gladiators out of jail. So you get like all of the gladiators are like, hey, we'll help you with this war because you helped us have freedom. Um, That kind of thing. And then you go off and you make some other friends and you stop a supply line. And uh, then you, the real twist comes near the end is your, one of your childhood friends is one of the other clans that you're like trying to go have help. And you figure out that her older brother, who was your mentor, is the one that killed your mom under the orders of your brother because they threatened to kill their whole clan if they didn't comply. Uh, So, like, she's sort of wrestling with that guilt of, like, hey, we're the ones that killed your mother. And he's like, I understand, and I already knew. I know that was my brother's orders and that if you didn't do it, you were dead. Mm -hmm. I've forgiven you a long time ago. 
And he just sort of leaves it at that. Like, when you're ready, like, I'm going to go fight him. Like, literally, he said the final chapter. We're ready to go fight. I, uh, I believe I will see you there. I trust that I will see you there. And she doesn't feel like she can. And, and, and the leader of this other clan. Because uh, she feels so much guilt. And she's been under this evil guy's heel for so long that, you know, she doesn't. So that was interesting. Um, Particio, the merchant, who was like, hey, I'm going to kick that demon poverty and save the world and stuff. His is really interesting. I think he's one of the more interesting ones that 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 cropped up that I didn't see as much. So you kind of go around and you have these weird things around the map that aren't really chapters. They're like, hey, the scent of commerce is what it's called. You can do these things. So you go to this area. It's like there's old dilapidated ship that someone hasn't finished building. And they're like, oh, you don't want me to finish it, you know, because like basically this person is a shipbuilder that apprenticed under this great shipbuilder. But once everyone figures out that, that it's just the apprentice and not that person, they sort of backed out of the deal. So she doesn't have any funds. And he's like, you know what? I'll give you the funds, hundred thousand leaves, which is the, the money. And that shit, I'll help you finish the ship. And if you like, I'll buy the ship from me and I'll use it. So I do this. I'm thinking it's just a story thing, right? no, you get a real ship and you get to fly around the like on your own on the ship around the island around the world and discover new islands and find stuff and like secret caves and secret areas and stuff. And I was like, that's a whole mechanic I missed like halfway through the game. Like, holy cow, because all the other ships are just like you pay a toll and you get shipped to the other side of the country or whatever. Uh, other, other side of the sea. And this one, it was just like, nope, you get to explore now if you did, you did this thing. And there's all sorts of things I unlocked through him specifically that I was like, I should have played this guy first. Like, there's so many more convenient things. But his cool thing is the invention of the steam engine in this world happens. It's super expensive and super, like, people can't use it, right? Because it's so expensive. So he wants, he he's working with a guy and they figure out a way to mass produce steam engines to help the world. Well... Ha ha, the big old guy that screwed you over in your town is also the guy who owns the rights to the steam engine. And that's the guy you were going to go out and find to begin with. Mm -hmm. So you're like, hey, your character, instead of being vengeful and stuff, is like, I'm going to make a deal with you. You name a price and I will buy the rights of the steam engine from you. So uh, the guy names his price, which is 80 billion leaves. And, and I was like, I don't know if the number counter goes up that far on the currency. Like at the time when he said that I probably the richest I'd ever been in the game. And I was at 300,000 and I was like, he's literally the rest of the game. Me just being like, Hey, once I get the 80 billion leaves, I go and buy this. And this is quest lines over. Cause like I still had, and then more sense of commerce, like more money making opportunities opened up for him. I was like, that's kind of cool. Like his quest is just getting more money to buy the rights so that he can share the steam engine with the world instead of keeping it under a closed IP. By, by the way, it's a very anti, uh, capitalism story, mm -hmm. which is cool. Um, but the next chapter is you've, you sort of end up revitalizing this town. 
uh, the, 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 this old rich billionaire lives in. And he gives you a check for the 80 billion leaves after you do it. And I was like, oh, okay. And he doesn't know what a check is because it's, you know, it's early in the industrial area era for them. So, uh, so that sort of like he has the check, but it's like, Hey, he's probably still not going to put it. He probably didn't expect you to actually have the money. So he's probably not going to put it over without a fight. So that's sort of where that one's at. And then the last one, Agnia, the dancer, the one I said, it was super straightforward and boring starts out still the same way you go to this town you get to see this super rich and famous person dance. Uh, her name's Dulcinea, like actually Dulcinea from like, um, Oh crap. What's the name of that fable? Help me. It's uh, Don Quixote. Dulcinea was the waitress that Don Quixote fell in love with. Um, so Dulcinea is this famous singer and star that you want to be. And of course you go around the world helping these stars, like people from the entertainment industry, you get a wagon out. feels pretty straightforward. And you're like, okay. Uh, and then you, you start to get some dark undertones from this Dulcinea person every once in a while. Like she pops up and she's like, huh, I don't like this, this Agnia. I don't like her being, you know, around or whatever. And it's like, she's just like a little person. Like why? Why would you do that? Then it comes up to she's Dulcinea is trying to buy the whole area of a town and kick everyone out. And you kind of like have to fight to stop it from happening. And then she's like, you know what? I like your style. We're going to go on the world stage and do a dance off. Here's the ticket. And the winner takes all kind of thing. And it sounds straightforward as I'm saying it, but like, you see a lot of this stuff unfold over time of Dulcinea's plan and that kind of thing. Um, it feels, but the vibe, it, what I was saying earlier is so unique because it feels like an old, like, I don't know what era, but black and white movies musical where singing in the rain, that kind of vibe where things are super happy we're going to be happy despite things being sucky and down and we're going to overcome it with positivity and hard work. And it feels like watching an old black and white movie and in, in, in theme. And I was just like, wow, that's actually really unique for a game. Like, um, so yeah, it's just really, it was just, it ended up being a lot more interesting and fun than I thought it was going to be. Cause it's like, Hey, I just go here and perform and dance and do this and yada, yada. And that's the way it starts out, but you start to get a little more intrigue. You start to get me like, hey, you know, like a lot of things riding on you becoming a star now because, oh, and then you also figure out that your mother trade Dulcinea. And uh, I forgot about that. Your mother is the one who trained her and helped her become a star. And then you're trying to do your mother a service become, by becoming a star and a dancer and stuff. It was really interesting. And you get to hear the love story of how your mother and father met, even though your father's really tight lipped and doesn't talk a lot in the game. Um, it was weird. Uh, there was a little, like they have little side stories of like, when you walk out after your story beat, you can press plus to hear an extra line of dialogue. If certain people are in your party and you can go back and listen to them retrospectively, if other people aren't. Uh, so if you missed one, mm -hmm. uh, and <laughs> 
Hikari, uh, the the warrior was like, it sounds like your your mother was a very you know good person or whatever, and she's like, yeah, you know, Agnes like she was great, uh, and, and he's like, how did uh, if you don't mind me asking, how did your father make her fall in love with you, love with him? He was like a she's like this big superstar, and he's just a tailor. Like, well, how did that happen? Like, I'd like to know. And uh, she's like, well, this may be surprising, but she actually proposed to him. And I was like, oh, that kind, of, that kind of sounds interesting. And she proposed to him because she put on a dress he made and she knew immediately that she always wanted to wear his clothes because he was so good at it, I guess. So she sought him out and sort of fell in love with him. It was okay. an interesting little fun love story that you learn about through the sideline of dialogue. It was just, I don't know. This is. I'm really enjoying the game. It's probably not going to be my game of year, but it's going to be up there because Diablo, of course. But right. I, I know I word dumped all over you guys for that, but I, that is what I have been doing with my not so many work days because of the tooth stuff. And yada, yada. No, you're good. I am. I am hoping to finish the stories probably not this weekend, but early in the week and then do some extra stuff because I found all sorts of crazy stuff. I found a new class called a weapons master that has all these ancient weapons to find. And I found like all this like extra stuff to do. And I'm just, I think it's really fun. Uh, I'm really invested, <laughs> super invested in the game. It's pretty much the only thing I've been playing. I've been playing a little thing here and there. I've been trying to like play something on the PC so that I can listen to a podcast and not fall behind as much, mm. but that's not working out so well. Um, so I, I, just, I don't know. So yeah, that was my big Octopath 2 dump. And I'm sorry for all the spoilers that I should have said beforehand if people are playing that game, <laughs> but it's super cool. I love it. Like I knew I was going to love Octopath 2 and it took me a long time to get around to playing it, but man, it's so good. Anyways. Um, so next week we have, uh, more monster hunter stuff to talk about. And then after that, we'll have another ace idea of what we're doing. And we'll go go from there. So, got to think of something, Ace. Got a week. Well, you don't have to announce it on the show, but you know. Mm-hmm. You got some time. Uh, anything So, anything else going with you guys gaming-wise before we go? Like, you guys been playing anything lately? I know I just talked a lot about Octopath. No. I really. had a really busy work week, and... I've been watching Trashy Love is Blind. So. Mm. <laughs> oh, that reality show guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just waiting I've for heard the of, I've heard about content it. Content creators that I watch that review slash analyze body language from that, that type of thing to uh, record more content and put that out there. Yeah, I. So I, I follow a couple of Doom YouTubers and both of them that I follow have really cut back on content recently. Mm-hmm. So like I go to YouTube and I'm like, all right, nothing to watch. So then I watched a lot of movies. Like I watched Doctor Strange too. And I hadn't seen that one yet. Um, it was all right. Uh, what else? I got to yeah, uh, watch Cocaine Bear yesterday. Nice. That was goofy. How'd you like it? Goofy, gory. It is. Um, you know the uh, the male paramedic that shows up. Yeah, yeah, the guy with the beard. 
mustache yeah. mainly. Um, oh yeah, yeah. He is actually I know him from uh, TikTok. I don't know if you hmm. are familiar, Sasha. He's the one that did the uh, IKEA worker, the uh, retail ones where uh, it's like. You guys, like, you just lost a good customer, and he's like, good, don't ever come back again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You guys should open more lanes. And who's going to work them? Yeah. You saying you want a job? Are you looking for a job application? Okay. I can can send you a video. They're pretty funny. I enjoy them as a uh, former retail employee. Oh, yeah, I also uh, yeah, painted my nails. Yeah, I didn't. You show. both, you both match. Uh, Emery painted my nails today. Nice. So it's green with red sparkles, and it's coming off. And uh, you missed the story. Uh, I think you weren't on yet, Ace. But uh, Emery forced me to learn how to how to pick locks today. <laughs> really? Uh, she locked the bathroom door and then closed it and shut it uh on the outside so no one was inside to unlock Uh. it and the credit card trick doesn't work because it's so old of a door it doesn't work that Mm -hmm. way so there was this tiny little pinhole at the end of the knob and i figured out i could stick a screwdriver in and hit the thing and unlatch it and well so i learned how to pick a lock i don't know how the credit card trick works in the first place because most door latches go past like so you shove it between the actual thing that goes in and you actually end up tripping the lock to come back and it actually pops open without you i've done it with other doors it works at my my mom and dad's house um Hmm. because my door was locked by one of the girls and it locked me out of my bedroom once and then i had to get luckily i had my credit card or, or something a credit card around i don't use my actual credit cards i have like old like for this occasion sometimes i have like an old i used to be part of usaa insurance mm-hmm. because when i was married to my ex-wife she was in the air force reserve mm-hmm. so i was in the military insurance and i have their old card which i'm no longer a part of so i just would shove that in the lock and it would pop open it's not it's not an exact science. Yeah. It takes some finagling with the credit card, but I've done it before. Okay. This one, it just wasn't possible. It wasn't working. That's what I was doing before I hopped on the, the chat. I was literally trying to figure out how to, because like if no one could get in there, that's my only bathroom and it was locked. So I was mm-hmm. like, no one's going to be able to use the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, I was like, good job, Emery. Thanks for teaching me how to pick a lock. Our bathroom, I would say technically has uh, backup locks. Um, Cause it's got a little slide over lock on the door, but mm-hmm. then there are also two wooden drawers for towels that are right by. So like if something actually went down, we could just slide those out in front and get out the bathroom window if we needed to, or someone needed to. Well, the problem also is the door swings out from the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It doesn't swing in. So like, uh, Normally, when you're trying to do that with a door, you're normally trying to swing it away from you, too. So the lock was actually facing the wrong way for me to do the credit card thing as well. Yeah. So 
that also didn't help. And I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? <laughs> so I learned uh, I learned how to pick my lock um, to my bathroom. All right. So, uh, so I don't think there's anything else for me to talk about. Like I said, I've mostly been playing Octopath. I've been playing Fortnite with the girls sometimes, but that's mm-hmm. it. We got a win once. Nice. That was interesting. It's not easy to get a win. So the fact that we got one felt like a lot of hard work on my end. <laughs> Cece helped. That's for sure. But it, 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 it was stressful. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, thanks everyone for, yeah, got something in my throat. <clears throat> thanks for everyone for tuning in and watching and listening. Um, next week we'll be back with, uh, with some fun monster hunter guessing game with Sasha. And, uh, we, I think I still have that all set up and ready to go. We got a long way to go though. Cause every time we do it, I'm like, yeah, we'll get through a lot more. We get through like a row and there's still like seven rows left. And I'm like, man, I found a lot of monsters. <laughs> so there might be some fun ones left. I don't, I don't know exactly where we left off, but we'll figure it out. So, okay. Uh, Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.